But if I use the numbers as an indicator of my success, then I lose sight of my mission because I believe God called me to start this podcast. Well, hey friends, welcome back to The Christian Podcaster. This, of course, is the show that introduces you to a new Christian podcaster every single episode and where I hope you will find your next favorite binge listen. Of course, my name is Eric Nevins, and this show is brought to you by Christian Podcasters Association. You can get a free bronze membership or check out our paid memberships at Christian Podcasters Association. Dot com would love to have you join us. If you're, if you're a Christian podcaster, you got to be in there. This is the place to be. We'd love to have you. Today, our guest is the podcaster behind Life Repurposed. We have Michelle Rayburn. Michelle, welcome to the Christian podcaster. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. I am so excited to have you here. And so uh, this is great. Your, your show is Life Repurposed. Tell us a little bit about that. So Life Repurpose started out almost 20 years ago as a blog idea, and I was a blogger about trash to treasure decorating. I was a stay-at-home mom and trying to figure out ways to decorate my home on a budget. So I would go to garage sales and I would buy items and bring them home and paint them and take pictures of everything I did. And then I started to blog about it. And along the way, I realized that there was a spiritual lesson in the whole idea of the before and after. So I started to work in a little bit of that into my blog and began to grow my followers. So they were drawn in by the idea of trash to treasure decorating, but then realized that it was a deeper level thing where God can repurpose our our difficulties in life. I like to say that he can take our trashy stuff and turn it into treasure and something that can be used for his glory. So that's how it started out was just a blog. Oh, I love that. Okay. So that that's a great message also, right? He can take the things that we think are trashy and he turns them into gold, right? That's that's what yeah. he does. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not perfect. And that's what I love about repurposing junk items is that nothing is perfect. The scars are still there. The scratches and some of the patina and all that stuff is on the things that I've repurposed. And I like to think of it as my life also having all of those scars and flaws and that's all part of it. And yet there is still something beautiful there in the middle of it. So that's why it couldn't just stay a decorating blog. It had to be something more. Wow. That's pretty cool. Okay. Um, you know, it occurs to me too, like even Jesus will have scars forever. Right? Absolutely. Right. And so sometimes we think, oh, well, scars are imperfections. Well, no, they're they're just the evidence that we've lived, right? So uh Jesus will have those for eternity. We'll be able to see them uh because that's Absolutely. that's what his life brought him and and of course what he brought us through his life. So yeah. Um it I love that. Okay, so where are you from? I live in northern Wisconsin. I've been in Wisconsin my whole life, but over the 51 years that I've been alive, I've gradually moved north. So I started out in the southern part of the state and ended up two hours south of Duluth Superior. So if oh, that yeah. helps to- Is like Chippewa Flowage up there? Yeah, Chippewa Falls in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So you can tell from the accent that- <laughs> I'm a Wisconsin girl. <laughs> That's all right. So I used to live in Illinois and uh, Wisconsin is Illinois' playground, basically. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yep, everyone has cabins up here. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, that's that is fun. So you're a Green Bay fan, probably. Absolutely. We'll have to forgive that. That's okay. I'm in Denver, <laughs> so it's. <laughs> uh, that's all right. We're, we're Broncos fans here. I love that. Very cool. Um, yeah. So I did one time. I got to tell you this story because I never get to tell the story. The reason I know where Chippewa Falls is, is I went uh, fishing uh, on the lake there and with a buddy, two buddies. We were, we got like camped on this little island. We took canoes out to it. It was crazy. We left the worms. We borrowed a van and we left our worms in the van. And it was like hot. In a van down by the river? In the van, well, parked, yeah. So where we took <laughs> off and it was hot. And so we got back to the van after like four days and it was horrible. It's awful. The van belonged to a guy named Grant Osborne and his wife, who was a New oh, Testament scholar. Do you know him? Yeah. Well, I knew him, yes. Yeah, he's passed away now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it belonged to him. And so I've always felt a little bit uh, <laughs> sad about that. I think it was my fault. Oh. Anyway. But, uh, I love that you brought him up. I'm not going to take a rabbit trail, but he's one of my favorite Bible teachers. Oh, and awesome. I love his commentaries. So. Fantastic. Yeah, he's he's very good. I should show you. We'll, we won't go down there, but yeah. <laughs> where is it? Up here somewhere. Oh, yeah, right there. I've got his Revelation commentary that he gave to me right before he moved out to Denver. So uh, uh, he's yeah, autographed I it. I have that one. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, that's a cool connection. I love that. Um, yeah. That's very cool. What are you passionate about besides podcasting? Oh, I love writing. And so, you know, I think that ties into it. So even though freelance writing is part of my career, I would do it even if I didn't get paid for it. So that shows that I'm passionate about it. If I take a vacation, I hope to have time to write. So I think that's, that's just part of me. I also love to read and I love to consume information. So for me, podcasts, are perfect because when I'm busy and I'm doing something else, I can listen to other people's podcasts. So I'm really passionate about finding new podcasts to listen to. I try them out for a couple of episodes and then sometimes I'm hooked. So I'm at the track walking in the morning and I'm binge listening to someone's podcast. Oh, that's great. Okay. Very good. Um, all right. So you said you started your show. When did you actually start the podcast? I started the podcast in the fall of 2018. So it's about two years old. So two years ago now, I had this brainy idea that I should take my blog and turn it into a podcast because I had sort of faded on the blogging. What happens with a lot of things like blogging is that you start out going really fast at it. And I think this happens with podcasts too, mm. is I have all these ideas and then I run out of ideas or I run out of time. And so nothing's happening with it. And by that time, I feel like blogging had started to fade and that people didn't have time to wade through all those blogs on the internet. So I thought, what if I had a podcast, since I love podcasts, what if I had one and I could have the same content in the show notes that I would have in a blog, but I could verbally talk about the content so that somebody who's busy and listening while they're driving or walking or whatever could get the content. So that's how the podcast was born. Man, I love that. So much good stuff there. So number one, the contrast between blogs and uh, podcasts is still stark. So people sometimes ask me, where are we in the industry? I'm not certainly the world's foremost expert, but I keep tabs on it. And I tell them, I don't think we're at the tip of the spear anymore, right? We're, we're, mm -hmm. but we're still on the spearhead, right? So there's not, um, we're, there's, if you look at the numbers, we've passed, I think 1.1 million. I'm not even sure how many oh. we've gotten to so far. I haven't seen numbers in a, maybe a couple of months, 
So it's probably 1.1 million or so. But you look at the ones that have actually produced an episode in the last uh, 10, 10 weeks or three months, uh, it's actually only like two to 300,000. It's not. That's what I was wondering about. How many yeah. of the podcasts out there are putting something out regularly? Yeah. And then you take out all of the sermon podcasts that exist, mm-hmm. right? And you have even less. And so even in the Christian category, you've got a lot of opportunity to set yourself apart if you're doing something different, something unique, and something interesting. Um, so I love that. I also love what you said about, um, you know, starting out fast, you know, and then kind of kind of slowing down. That happens to a lot of us. This is why I'm a big fan of like batch processing, batch read, batch uh, editing. I don't know if you do that. Um, I but sometimes do. Yeah, on my show, on Halfway There, I will sometimes be three months ahead. So in May... I spent, uh, I did a lot of interviews in April and May. I spent the last two weeks of May editing 15 episodes. I just published the last one this week. And, uh, and so I've got, but, but I've doing interviews now again. Right. And so I'd start that cycle all over again in order to get ahead, but it's just a matter of learning how to do that. Right. Right. And my problem is if I do a batch, I think, oh, I have a batch if I'm done, I don't have to do anything. And then I suddenly get to that last week. And yeah. realize I don't have anything for right. next week. I need to do something here. And that's why I plan. So like I, I was scheduled out through August and then I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and in August I will do my, um, I will start interviewing again. Right. So then the first of first week yeah. of August, I started doing that. So it's, it's just a matter of getting used to it. But yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So really important friends. Cause I think if you, you know, with, with any creative endeavor, you can get, bogged down, right? If you mm-hmm. you have these intentions, it sounds like you had that with blogging and maybe you did it for a long time. Um, so what was the most significant obstacle that you faced with podcasting? For me, it was time. So I started out first slow. I wanted to be smart. So I didn't go into it thinking I can do a weekly podcast. I decided I would do two a month. So I knew I had time to do two each month. But what happened was I started out doing it as a video on my iPhone with a little microphone clipped on me. And then I was trying to put it out on YouTube and I and then also have the podcast. So the time of editing a video yeah. and editing audio was too much. And so after playing around with that for a while, I did switch to audio only format. And that freed me up to have the time to begin to do audio weekly then. There you go. Yeah, I think a lot of people want to kind of do all the things, right? Mm-hmm. It w- was it that you wanted to do all the things or you just wanted to be a YouTuber or you just, what was what was the motivation there? I had heard that YouTube is great for SEO. Mm. And I just thought if I did that, that it would bring people then to the podcast, to my website, and they would somehow see the content. But I discovered that I had to really cultivate multiple audiences. And that was right. more work than I had time to do. Boy, that is well said. Yeah. Because so people keep asking me this. Does YouTube count as a as a podcast? I'm like, no, it's that makes you a YouTuber, <laughs> right? There's a difference between doing that and being a podcaster because you're going to have right. different audiences. You, you hit the nail on the head there. So there are a few people who use YouTube almost like a podcast app. My husband happens to be one of them. (laughs) He'll find things he loves and then he'll lay his phone down while YouTube is playing and he's just listening to the audio. Yeah. And then I said to him, you know, that uses a lot of data 
And there's this really cool app on your phone that's just for podcasts. Yeah. And so he's getting hooked now on podcasts and using those too. That's good. Well, he's married to a podcaster, so he should, uh, he should like I don't know podcasts. if he listens to mine though at all. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I don't think so. I used to be so, okay, so I tried blogging too. And when I blogged, I was, so, I'd be so upset that my friends and family wouldn't read it. Right. And which it was a bad blog is I'm glad they didn't know, but with podcasting, I was so excited that I, that most of my family never listens because yeah. <laughs> that means I know that the downloads are real, right? They're not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Otherwise I could just have a weekly phone call or something with my family and friends. Right. Exactly. Wow. So who's your podcast for? My ideal audience is busy women who are, I'd say 30 to 50 ish. I know that's kind of a broad range, but that's that age where you might have kids in school or you might have a career going. And so the goal is for the length of my podcast to work for people who are on their lunch break, who are maybe waiting in the car for their kids at an event or something like that. And so it's you know like 20 to 30 minutes at the most for them to listen in. And then the topics I cover are relevant to that audience as well. It sounds like you defined your audience really specifically. I did because that was what I was blogging for. And that's what I write books for as well. And so I saw my podcast as an extension of what I was doing as a writer and a speaker. So I was imagining if I could see the people who I spoke to at, say, a women's retreat. And I was thinking, well, what would it be like if I could speak to them every week in their own home? And so that's what I was envisioning for the podcast. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Well, this is a really important thing. And I've heard... A number of people talk about it. Um, you know, some of the top content creators in the Christian world, for instance, last year at PubU, which is the Evangelical Christian Publishers Association, I got to see Lisa Turkhurst talk all about her audience, mm -hmm. right? And she was so specific down to some of the things that you said, like she knew that when her uh, audience wakes up, they need, they want to reach for something that's Bible-based right away. And so they give them like a 15-minute devotion or whatever, right? Like she knew her person's day, her audience's day, and then filled in the gaps like for, for them. So just like you said, maybe at the at lunch, you know, they can they can listen to an episode or whatever. Uh, how did you get to that? So what's what process did you take to kind of narrow down who your audience is? I think this is a hard part for a lot of podcasters. I think spending time with your audience helps you to know them. So because I was speaking, which COVID-19 changed that. So I'm yeah. thankful I have a podcast, but speaking for women's events or talking to people like on social media, you get to know the audience. And I think if you don't know your audience in some way, even if it's just a virtual connection, if you don't know them, I don't know how you can produce content for them because then you're talking at them instead of with. And when you spend time with them, then the podcast should have the response from the podcast should be, Oh, I feel like you got inside of my head. Like you were there in the room with me. Yeah. So that's my goal. That is so good. And that is a great goal because that then you know, your, your content is connecting, right? Mm -hmm. You know that you're actually addressing something valuable in their life. Even if it's, even if all you're trying to do is entertain them, right? You you're, right. have that, that moment where they go, oh, that was, that was amazing. And I've, I've had that thought, that funny thought or whatever myself. Um, yeah. So, okay. How can you spend time with your audience? Well, if, if it's not in person, like for me, it was speaking and mingling with a crowd. So I was doing that. 
But if that's not part of it, then getting involved in groups online where people actually participate. So it could be that you're part of a Facebook group with people who are part of that ideal audience. And you don't have to be salesy, like promoting your podcast. You can be there to observe and just have conversations and learn. And another one is through using things like hashtags on Instagram, where you're looking for specific topics and then engaging in the conversation that's centered around a topic. So there are ways of doing it online without having to be in person. And then for me, it's just, I was also basing it off of some of my own personal interests. So mm. the idea of repurposing and all of that was something that I was doing in my own life. So it spun off of my own hobbies and interests. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I love that too, because I often say I let curiosity lead in my interviews. So I've got a framework. I have an idea of where I want to go and what I want to hear, but um, I do, if something else comes up, I ask about it because that that actually I think if it's interesting to me, it's interesting to um, to others, right? That's that's really yeah, important. Yeah, I like to do that too in an interview. So I don't give the questions ahead of time. If somebody has given me some talking points, I will work those in. But I really want it to feel like we sat down, we're having coffee together. And the conversation just goes where it will. Yeah. You're nicer than me. I, I usually throw those talking points away because <laughs> I know what I want to <laughs> well, hear. Sometimes those talking points help me get to know somebody because That's true. I don't always know my guests very well. I've maybe read their book and I'm just starting to add more guests in. That's kind of a scary place to go to. You're inviting someone to come into that audience that you've carefully thought about. Wow. And so I have to think, you know, like, is this person's tone fitting to the audience? And I don't know if this is the direction you want to go right now, but I, my brain's going there. So I hope yeah, it's okay it. that I'm going to talk about audience more. But when I'm thinking about that audience, I'm thinking about my, my podcast is a Christian podcast, but I'm not really looking for Christians necessarily to listen. So I want it to be where somebody gets some practical things at the pain point in their life with a biblical teaching that backs it. But I don't want my podcast to be preachy. I don't want it to be like a sermon because there are thousands of sermons they can pick from on podcasts. So when I'm thinking about a guest, I want that tone to also fit. Yeah. So do you, how do you vet that? Well, I had something on my website where people could you know, look it over and then send me, pitch me. And that has proved to be challenging because I'd say one of those so far has been a good fit. <laughs> and it's been painful for me to have to send the email to tell the person that they aren't a good fit. And then they, I've had some pushback yeah. on those emails. <laughs> That's so a nice what way. I've decided to do now and moving into 2021 is I'm, I'm actually starting to plan more ahead. Now I'm planning out topics and stuff. I'm doing more by invitation. And mm. if somebody finds me and pitches, that's fine. But I'm looking for the books I'm reading. Would those authors be interested in coming on the show? Yeah. I'm connecting through the Christian Podcasters Association and looking at some of the podcasters there. I'm listening to their podcasts and, you know, listening to a couple of episodes and seeing if somebody there might be a good fit. Which is great. Yeah, I love that. CPA is a really good place for people to go to just connect with other podcasters. Uh, you got a, there's an eclectic group of Christians from mm -hmm. different denominational and theological backgrounds. So you got to be vet your own people. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of good people in there. 
um, as well. Um, yeah, I love that. I think audience, like, you know, I do the same thing where with halfway there, you've got to, I've got to be interested. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. really the, uh, and know that there's something that you're going to bring. And more and more, I'm looking for something I haven't heard before, you know, cause mm-hmm. I've 210 episodes or so. And I'm like, well, you know, I've heard a number of stories. I'd like to hear something unique. Um, Congratulations. Getting over 200 interviews is an accomplishment when you're doing a weekly show. Yeah, thanks. It's I'd, if you'd have told me four years ago that we'd be there, I would, and then I'd start another one. What's what's wrong with me? But uh, I wouldn't have believed you. But it's uh, it is interesting, and so I don't know, friends. You can do whatever you want with your show. That's the beautiful thing about podcasting. Mm-hmm. But think about your audience for sure. Think about your tone because that's all part of branding, isn't it? Mm-hmm, it is. So there are people who are eager to be on other people's shows, and they have a great story, but it might not be the perfect fit. For my audience. And that's important to remember when, when even telling somebody they're not a good fit, it's, it's like saying it, it it's me. It isn't you right. <laughs> kind of like that, or it's like, yeah, your, your story is fantastic, but I just don't think I can make it work. Right. Right. That absolutely is a thing. Okay. So is there an episode of your show that really encapsulates what you're trying to do that you're super proud of? Oh, well, actually, um, I won an award at the Spark uh-huh. Podcast Conference for female, I have to look at what is host, Yeah, <laughs> best female host, I think. And I had submitted an episode that was an interview with author Courtney Ellis. And we ended up doing two because I loved it so much because she's so witty and fun and the humor was flowing. And I felt like this is what I wish they could all be like. But, you know, you can't manufacture humor. It either is there or it isn't. So it was just one of those that I I loved. Oh, that's perfect. That's a a really good one. So I'll link to that in the show notes uh, on the website there. Okay, so through your podcasting journey, what have you learned? Like what's one thing you've learned about yourself or about kind of the whole whole world? (laughs) That's a broad question. That's good. So I've learned that I can't care what people think, even though I'm careful about what I present, you know, I'm not trying to step on toes. I'm not trying to be obnoxious and be mean or anything like that. But I also can't care what people think. If I express a view, I can't take it personally if they don't agree with it. And also I can't care how many people are downloading and listening on any given day and think of it as like some indicator of my identity. So I put it out there and I want to grow the audience and I want to connect with more people. But if the audience stays the size it is, I have to be okay with continuing to produce stuff right now. Oh, unpack that a little bit. Why why do you have to be okay with it? I think because I have a marketer's mindset. And so I'm always thinking numbers and metrics and stuff like that. And I love looking up with anything. I go into Facebook and I look at my insights and all that. But if I use the numbers as an indicator of my success as a podcaster or anything in life, then I lose sight of my mission because I believe God called me to start this podcast as a way of bringing hope to people and getting that message out there that even when you're broken, God can restore. So if I lose sight of that, I might quit podcasting because of the numbers and there may be a handful of people that that message has started to reach and I lose the connection. 
Wow. Has that been, have you ever been tempted to quit? I have had some times where it's, I'm too busy. I didn't have anything banked up and recorded anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I'll just skip a week. So I did it once and then I did it again. And then I went, no, this is going to become a habit. And so now I've sat down, even if it means the night before my solo episode is supposed to go live, I, I sit down and do a 15 minute something to say, okay, I did it. Yes. I love that. So friends, that's so powerful. And I encourage podcasters all the time uh, to do your best and then decide what your best is. Right. So for me, um, sometimes I tell the story about how early on, uh, like when I was blogging, telling you about that, I was not consistent about that at all. And I just never got into that rhythm of publishing on a regular basis. But um, with podcasting, I knew that was so important. And I said, okay, for me, the best I can do right now is I'm going to make sure there's an episode every single Monday, right? Like there's just got to be an episode no matter what. And what that meant was that sometimes on Sunday night, I'd be up until 1130 at night wanting to publish an episode on Monday morning. Um, and I would schedule, I can't remember at the time, I think I was doing like one in, in the morning. So it'd be like just a couple hours from when I was finished scheduling it. And, um, but I, and I'd have to be at work at six in the morning. So not, wasn't getting a lot of sleep, mm -hmm. probably grouchy, my poor wife and children, but, um, that was my best. Like I had to do it and I, I had made that commitment to myself and it's really, it is about your audience, but I think personally that that was a commitment I made to me. Like I have to do my best here. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you feel, how do you feel about that? I think the same thing. So for me, it's almost as if I had scheduled a speaking event and I didn't show yeah. So it would be like if I, I told a group of women, I'll be at your Bible study and I'll share the devotion and I, I'm a no show. So I know there are people who wouldn't miss it at all. If they wouldn't notice if I skipped several episodes in a row, but that's okay. I just tell myself there's somebody out there that's waiting to hear it today. And so I need to make sure that it's there. And that means I have to still put some thought into it. It's not like I'm trying to put garbage out there just to have something. I put some thought into it, but usually it's something that's pressing. It's on my mind. It's on my heart. And right. because I do a balance of solo shows and interviews, it's the solo shows that tend to be a little more on the fly. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I love that. So that commitment to just getting out good content is super powerful and it's what it takes to actually have a successful podcast. Um, What's next for you, Michelle? I'm trying to figure that out because I love to be inspired by God to go in a direction, but I, I'm pursuing this. This is not something I was like, oh, at the end of 2020, I'm not going to podcast anymore. As far as I can see, I plan to continue, but I, I did that with my blog too. And I don't know what the industry trends are going to be. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm looking at what's the next thing within the podcast I'm doing that God would want me to do. So for me, it's been increasing the number of interviews. At first I was randomly doing other people's stories and now I'm looking ahead to say, okay, every other week I do want to have an interview with somebody's story. So I've been planning more and I'm being more organized. So for me, I think my next step is just being more intentional and more organized. I coasted to a start and now the bus is moving. So I have to keep <laughs> the momentum going. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very good. I love that. So you're trying to figure out like where you're going to go uh, next and kind of what, what's happening. I think that's great. Interviews, by the way, are really a good way to grow your show. Right. So as people, 
um, try to find people who can, who are willing to share. I'm always looking for people who have, um, you know, their own audience, right. So that they can share it to, to their audience. Sure. And that often that helps. Um, yeah. The dynamics are different in an interview too. So when it's just me talking, I've realized sometimes listening back that the, the tone doesn't always come through the same when it's just me. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I sound so tired and <laughs> I sound grumpy when I'm by myself and I'm an introvert. So I actually don't mind being by myself, but there is something about that dynamic in an interview that makes a show more interesting. I think. Yeah. I love that. I love good conversation. Okay. Um, where can people find you? The best place is to go to my website, which is michellerayburn.com. And right on the homepage there, I have a link to the show. And then I have a link to each episode. So the what I call the show notes are actually the blog post that goes along with those episodes. Very cool. I love that. Uh, has that helped you, by the way? We should have talked about this. Is that, has that helped you with SEO? I think it does. It brings people to the website when they're searching for a topic. So now I, I haven't played with this, but I understand that Apple is searching the audio when people are looking for a podcast on a particular topic. But when I started out with podcasting, that wasn't the yeah. case. So having some show notes helps people to find that topic if they're looking for something. Yeah, exactly. I think it's Google. Google's doing that. They're, they're setting that up um, and they've been trying to figure out how to search uh, audio for a while and they're, they're just, they're taking over the world. So that's. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is there are always going to be some people who don't have an interest in listening to a podcast and they might want to read a post. Right. And so there's a handful of people who said, I saw your your post. And I know they didn't listen to the audio. So that happens. Yeah. Also, there are times when I'm super busy and I might not be able to get to all the shows on my own list that I want to listen to. So every so often I know, oh, this person has really good show notes. So I'm just going to go and skim read their episode because I want to know if I missed anything. Yeah, sure. Fear of missing out. Right. Or for others who, who maybe can't listen, uh, you know, for whatever reason. Right. Um, you know, definitely helps make it accessible. Uh, so I love that. Very cool. All right. That is michellerayburn.com. And friends, I'll have links to that in the show notes so you can find it as well. And that is at christianpodcaster.me, which will be uh, where you can go. So uh, Michelle, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I love learning from you in the Christian Podcasters Association and just the topics that you share for all of us who are getting started. So I follow along, I'm learning from the wisdom and I signed up to be a gold member. Thank you. And I'm so glad that you did. Um, that's a great segue friends. If you're not, if you're a Christian podcaster and you're listening, I hope you, I know you learned something today cause I did. So I, I know you did too. Um, go out and go to Christian podcasters association.com. Michelle's a gold member. You can be a gold member too. You just have to click that link and sign up. It's available. And uh, you can join us in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash Christian Podcasters Association. And we can, uh, we can connect and help you on your podcasting journey. Thanks for being here, Michelle. All right. Thank you. 